0: And welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, are you ready to cover the NBA Finals again?
1: That's what I say. This podcast now covers the best team in the NBA, apparently. Really Um, does. Things yeah, life happens fast. I mean, I, I, like a week ago when we did this podcast, they were one and one, coming yeah. off an overtime loss in they, they Indiana. They won the
0: night we recorded. I think we recorded during the day, right? And then yeah, they, that was the day
1: night. of the Brooklyn game. They won that night.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Oh no, actually, they were two and one to we recorded. They, yes, they had beaten. Yes, yeah. they'd
0: beaten. uh Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Which whatever.
1: But yeah, okay. since then they won four straight, and they won five straight overall. Six and one. Every win has been by double digits. I think they have the best, like, uh, plus minus, like, overall plus minus um, in the NBA, it's either them or the Jazz. Um, they look very dominant and they look like the best team in the NBA right now, which is kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, their title odds have gone in uh, oh, basically two the last two weeks since the season started from what did we say twenty five to one. Twenty five
1: to one on October nineteenth, which is basically the start of the season. Yeah. Um, to twelve to one as of a couple of days ago. Twelve to one is currently the sixth best odds in the league behind only the Nets, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Warriors, and the Jazz. So, I mean. See, it's early, right? I mean, very early, it's but it's very, very early. We're not even a tenth of the way through the season. Um, but as of right now, I don't think it's crazy to say that the heater are title contenders. I mean, they clearly look like that, but um, they still have a long way to go. Teams are going to adjust to them. Um, but as of right now, um, they look like one of the better teams in the league, which, yeah. um, I don't know if you could ask for more, uh, entering the season, you know, from this kind of new look roster.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, in the second half of this episode, Anthony is going to be joined by uh, Jennifer Alvarez, the Heat's Vice President of Creative and Digital Marketing, and also a true hashtag Heat lifer, according to her bio on uh, NBA.com slash Heat. Um, to talk about these new Heat alternate jerseys, um, I will keep my commentary to myself on them. But uh, obviously a... Uh, Poor we address you. We address You're you in interview. the interview. So yeah,
1: yeah, we address you in the interview, not specifically, but we. I asked her about. They're polarizing. Kind of, uh, yeah, they're, I mean, any innovative jersey, right? Any innovative uniform, kind of different with a different look, is going to be polarizing. I mean, even Vice. I mean, as much as as popular as Vice was, there are people that didn't like them. Yeah, um,
0: especially as they, I, I think the pink ones were not obviously super popular, right. and then and then obviously the last uh, iteration, the what yeah. they, vice versa, is that what they called them?
1: The vice versa, yeah. The Trix um, Joker
0: jerseys, as right. I call them.
1: But I will say, I mean, my opinion, which means nothing, but I, I just think, um, I, they've grown on me. I think they are first certainly I them,
0: the most innovative. They are unlike anything I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at all the city edition, um, uniforms. And they all kind of pull from the past, you know, like the history of each team. I, I think every team has like a throwback jersey, pretty much. The Heat went a totally different route. They kind of, as they're known to do, thought out of the box and and kind of took pulled from different uniform campaigns from their past and just different moments from their past and mashed it all up, which is why it's called Miami Mashup, um, into one uniform. And I, I, you know, we'll get obviously more into this with with Jennifer, but. I think the number, the number idea is really cool. That the fact that you can customize the number styles you use, like by the number, like you could have two different number styles. If you have like you know Bam's jersey, you can have one, one and you know one the number one in one style and the number three in another style. Like that's that's really different. You know that's probably yeah. never been done before. So I think the concept is really really cool. Um, I, I think the uniforms have grown on me, um, but yeah, there's gonna be people out there like you, David, um, that maybe are not too fond of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, they panned the shining too, right? Like uh, the innovative uh, out there things get get panned and maybe in hindsight they'll look better. But uh, again, you dive into all of that uh, extensively in uh, your interview that we'll have in the second half of the segment. But we have to talk about actual basketball because um, as we mentioned, the Heat suddenly look like a title contender. And I will say, and I think we both felt the same coming into this year. We thought the Heat were... Really good, right? I think we both had them penciled in as... I think we both picked them to finish third in the East, or basically be the third best third team in the East. Third or
1: fourth, yeah, right.
0: Um, but we thought they were a clear cut below uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. And again, it's early enough that I still tend to think they are a step below those teams. But now it's like a, like a half step, right? Like, I, I really feel this team... First of all, those teams, I think, have been a little slow out the gates. I expect them to both be fine. Obviously, Brooklyn has its own issues that we've talked about extensively. Um, But I still expect those teams to be really good. But the Heat, obviously, they're just better than I thought they were going to be. They look – I mean, they look like a different offense, obviously. And uh, a lot of that is on Kyle Lowry, and a lot of that is on Tyler Hero, who – um, I think we decided last week my bold prediction of him as six Man of the year was not bold enough. And now, I don't know if he's the favorite for the Six Man of the Year award, but, like it seems like everyone has come to agreement that he is the guy to beat for that. I mean, he is uh, there was what was the stat you had last night? Most bench points ever in a team's seven, first seven, seven games. games, yeah, like that sounds like six man of the year to me. and um, I mean, he was incredible again last night. Uh, on that nationally televised game.
1: Yeah, um, I'm looking at the odds right now. Tyler Hero is the favorite for six man of the year. He is the so favorite.
0: Okay, I know in the preseason pro- I think he was fourth behind the Jazz guys, and De- I think Der- I think we talked about this. Derek Rose, I think was maybe Derek also. Derek Rose, Patty Mills,
1: also. Patty Mills, even Terrence Ross was ahead of him. He was Tyler Hero was tied with Jalen Brunson, um, for that and, By in, in, in August. So a couple yeah. yeah 3 months ago he was he was 25 to 1 he is now 7 to 4. Um, Which is like so, huge. <laughs> yeah. I mean he I mean again it's so early but honestly with the way he's playing and the role he's in where he's just asked to come in and like take 20 well, shots. Yeah. <laughs> um I I just he's probably going to win it if unless he gets injured or something like uh, if he doesn't win it he's going to be a top candidate. Um yeah. He he very clearly looks like a different player. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the added muscle and all that, and yeah, that helps. But he just looks—he looks more experienced. He looks like he knows where his spots are on the court. He looks more in control. I mean, you see him working pick and rolls, and the reads he's making out of those pick and rolls when teams are not—you tra- know—teams are trapping him now to get the ball out of his hands. Um, and he's adjusted to that. Like, he—he—it seems like he's in control, which. In prior se- the first two seasons of his of his career, there were moments where it didn't seem like he was in control, and teams were trying to speed him up, and it yeah. worked. That's not working this year. And he even mentioned it. I think he had like one or two kind of so-so games against Brooklyn. Um, another game went, went right after that. And he talked about how he felt like they were speeding him up, and he made he made a point to to not let that happen in the next few games. And he's played a lot better. So he he kind of knows what he has to do to get to his game, and he doesn't always have to score like. You know he's going to take a lot of shots. We've seen that, but he's actually taking the most shots on the team. Uh, but we've also seen him when when teams are doubling him or trapping him. He can make you know the right reads out of those out of those traps. So um, he he definitely he's he is a very good offensive player. That's there's no yeah. doubt about that. I mean, would you be surprised, David? I mean, I guess I would be surprised. But if he continues averaging twenty something points a game off the bench. Could he be in the All-Star game? I mean, is that is that crazy to, to say? I mean, at this Probably. point... Probably, I mean, if
0: the Heat are... Let's say the Heat are number one at the All-Star break.
1: Um,
0: I mean, you'd have a case, right? You, you would assume if they're number one at the All-Star break, Jimmy and Bam are locks, and then would there be kind of a... Do you put three Heat heaters in, and would it be Tyler or Kyle? I, I kind of feel like... So this is actually the next place I was going to go. Um, is... The two biggest reasons I think that we are we feel like way higher on the heat right now than we did two weeks ago is I think the Kyle Lowry effect has been even greater than I expected. And then of course this Tyler Hero uh explosion giving them a much needed extra dimension on offense. I, I think the those are kind of gonna be the two storylines for the Heat if they keep this up. It's going to be that Tyler Hero has invigorated this offense or it's gonna be that Kyle Lowry has invigorated this offense and I don't know which for you. Which one do you kind of feel like is the bigger reason to be high on the heat right now? I, I'm really kind of torn on the two because they have both been uh,
1: so big, yeah.
0: Transformative for this team,
1: right? Yeah, no, I, I mean that's a good question. I, I I would still say Kyle Lowry just because of the the impact he's had on Jimmy and even yeah. Bam. I mean, Bam is averaging like one assist a game. <laughs> it's it's like a totally different. I mean, he still does a lot of the same stuff, but it's a totally different role for Bam. And yeah. I liked the
0: story about Jimmy the other day about how he's thriving in this new role. I thought was very, uh, you know, it was a lot of stuff we talked about in the preseason of the stuff that we thought was possible, and it's all working basically.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just Jimmy playing off the ball, um, the pitch aheads to Jimmy from Kyle, like just you know, Jimmy's taking advantage of that, um, working working the post more. Um, Jimmy's still drawing fouls. You know, I know there's been so much talk about kind of fouls being down and free throws being down. He took 17 free throws against the Mavericks because – and I asked Jimmy about that. I was like, Did, were you ever concerned about the effect that the rule changes would have on you? And he's like, no, because I don't flop. Which, yeah, he doesn't do that. Which is right. I mean, that, it doesn't really affect him. But, yeah, this Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's been – I would say through two weeks, he's been the MVP of the league um, with just what he's doing. he's ta- he's, he's, you know, he's scoring – 32 points on 13 shots and guarding John Moran the other end. Yeah. And last night he was guarding Luca for most of the game. Like, he's doing it all. But Kyle has, a, you know, Kyle got off to a slow sh- shooting start. But like you said, it's a totally different offense with Kyle out there. The pace, the pitch aheads. I mean, have a true point guard. Kyle started making his threes the past two games. We've seen, you know, you saw what that could do uh, for this offense. Um, and it allows Bam and Jimmy to kind of just get their own, um, which they haven't been able to do the past few years. Um And this offense is better for it, and I think Bam and Jimmy are better for it. They don't have to worry about facilitating and getting everyone, you know, the ball in the right mm-hmm. spots and, and trying to look for others. They're, they're looking at the basket first, um, yeah. and that's been effective so far. And that's not, you know, Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry, I agree, have been probably the two main reasons why we're probably higher on the heat than we even were a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, P.J. Tucker, he did not score many points. Markeith right. Morris, deadman. like, all those guys have played very well in their roles. Yes.
2: Um, yeah.
0: I, I point to those two because the way this team is different is the offense Yeah, you know, it's defense the, it's, is obviously the best in the league right now too. Yeah. The
1: but we, knew be like, yeah. we knew it was going to be like, we
0: knew it was going to be top five or seven or something, right. but the yeah. offense going from a bottom third of the league offense, basically to the best offense in the league so far is, uh, or whatever they are top five. We, I think.
1: we spoke about this a lot last week and it's continued. Um, and I'm probably going to write about this at some point soon. I actually talked to Eric Spolcher about it in Dallas. Um, the offense is diff- It's totally different than reg- normal heat offenses we've been accustomed to the past few years. Like, yeah, they, yeah. they made a lot of threes, but low-volume threes, even in Dallas when they you know hit like 50% of them, I think they shot like 20-something threes, which is not that many yeah. compared to what they used to shoot a couple years ago or last few years. Taking a lot of mid-range shots, a lot of isolation. Assist numbers are not as high as they were, you know, when they were like second in the league in assist rate. Um, It's a lot of ISOs it's a lot of second chance points I mean the lead the league in second chance points. That's been a huge part of this offense. Yeah. Uh, the offensive rebounding. It's a totally different offense than we've been accustomed to, but it, it's, it's working. Um, it's, it's obviously working very well. Um, but it is interesting in, in, in the day and age of the three point shot that the heat is really, they didn't even get into the rim that much, which is kind of concerning. I mean, you would, yeah. you would like to get to the rim a little bit more, but they're having so much um, success in the mid range, spot in the floor, especially the short mid-range. I mean, I should say there's a difference between the short right, mid-range Right, there's a difference between shot. elbow jumpers yeah, and, like... And a floater. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of floaters, but it's just, it's a totally different look uh, for this team, and I think the biggest reason their offense is so good, aside from, you know, their, their efficiency in the mid-range, and then even with the three-point shot the past few games, has been the offensive rebounding, creating more second-chance points, and also just the trans, just the, right. the easy points you're getting in transition that th- those like winning those two areas has made has probably pumped this offense up from like a mediocre unit to top 5 um which I don't think any, both, any of us expected uh entering the year
0: yeah so this this is the roundabout way to say i think it's going to be tough for Tyler Hero to make the all-star game because it feels like the narrative and I, this, to me it's fair right now if this heat team is rolling like this or you know obviously they're going to slow down at some point, but like if they're the story of the first half in the Eastern conference, Kyle, Lowry's going to get a lot of the credit for that. And even if his numbers aren't there, it feels like there's going to be a big all-star push behind him. And obviously I think, you know, Jimmy and, and Bam will be in there if the heat played the, you know, even somewhat like this, the rest of this first half. Um, and it's kind of crazy, you know, two years ago when Jimmy got here, he crafted this team so much in his image, right? And obviously a lot of that is his image is aligned with the Heat's image, right? That's that's why he's here, all that stuff they talked about during that finals run. But uh, it's really like – it feels like it's a Kyle Lowry team, which I didn't expect to this extent. We knew that Kyle was going to have his influence on this team, and, and maybe we should have expected it because he's a point guard and the point guard has the ball in his hand all the time, and obviously they're going to naturally dictate what the offense looks like a little bit more. But, like, it's a Kyle Lowry team, which – uh. That that you know when when you're talking about potential All Star candidates that means a lot.
1: Yeah, and I you know I think we all underestimated how good Kyle Lowry is. Yeah, I, I mean I, I think
0: you know he was an All Star two years ago I think right the last pre you know the the, the shortened COVID season.
1: normal season right
0: I think he was and then the last yeah, year was, it was such was. a weird year that like I I mean I I'm guilty of it like I thought maybe he was just washed up and you know again his numbers aren't like overwhelming or anything. Uh, but he has not good uh but you know he's it's like a little like mike connolly ish or something right like that late stage point guard he's not the most impressive impressive statistical guy
1: but just he's the engine but he doesn't even have to good. be the number one guy he doesn't have to be the number two guy he really doesn't have to be the number three guy
0: yeah he's like the number four guy basically is a scoring option at least
1: yeah when kyle lowry's your Five, number four guy you have happen, a really good team yeah you know, that I think yeah. that's the main, and the fact that Tyler Hero can be that third or even at some night's first option. I mean, he's yeah. again, he's taking the most shots on the team, but um, it's huge. I mean, this team has four guys who could initiate offense, yeah. which is really, really unique. Um, and it provides a diversity to their offense that is hard to prepare for and hard to guard. Yeah. Because four it guys who are at the
0: all-star level, as we've obviously been saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could put the ball in any of those guys' hands and let them run the offense and you're fine. You know, and especially like Tyler with the jump he's made where he could create for his own. I mean, that's really useful, especially in the playoffs to have a guy like that that you could put in there and he could get 18 shots up in 25 minutes. No problem, because he has the skill set to create for his own out there and create space. Um, So I still think this team is better suited for the playoffs, honestly, just because um, their defense is very good and that carries over. And yeah, as we said, you said a couple of times,
0: one injury, although yeah. they survived Max Struce last night pretty effectively, but, like, one injury to a top seven guy or something, and this do team you, gets real thin all of a sudden. Do you think we've
1: underestimated this team's depth?
0: Maybe a little bit, honestly. I was thinking about last night watching Dwayne Dedman run around. I was he's like, "Good, yeah." You know, I good like, wasn't work. even thinking about it. I was just like, he's a body, but, you know, he looks pretty good, and, um, you know, I think Marquise Morris is a very, like, Jekyll and Hyde kind of player, right, like, feels like some you know his last couple of years in phoenix i was like this guy's like an all-star and even his couple of washington years he was pretty good and then you know for whatever reason it kind of felt like he had a couple shaky years there but you know he's back to being a solid role player for them and um i you know we, i was high on Struess in the preseason um Caleb PJ tucker, when pj tucker hits a corner three it feels like a nice little like uh found money basically um but yeah I, I think maybe we did under underestimate their depth a little bit
1: yeah I, I just think as far as like nine or ten deep like they're pretty they're pretty uh pretty solid
0: yeah i think um, it's just a drop uh, off after that and yeah. you know there's like i said they survived streus being out last night i think a Struess like long-term injury would have been a little scarier um but you know now they're at the, like if shoot, let's say Drew said torn his ACL, then you were like one injury away from being like we're getting a lot of Marcus Garrett out there basically, and like right. that then you're in a little bit of a hairier situation.
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, I I think Kayla Martin is going to get a lot of those minutes over the next yeah. few weeks once Max is out. Uh, maybe even Gabe Vincent, you know, yep. depending on the matchup. Um, but they really like Kayla Martin, and for a two-way guy, I mean, yeah, I mean I he's good, I
0: think in Charlotte, right? Like yeah, he's like a good two-way player. He's like a, a two-way.
1: Yeah, he doesn't bring exactly the same, obviously the same skill set as Max. I mean, Max is a good shooter. Caleb, that's not his strength. His strength is getting to the rim and drawing fouls. And he's, you know, probably a little bit of a better defender than Max. Um, Can block shots, he's athletic. Um, But still, you you put him on the 4, 15, 16 minutes, like, he could do the job. So um, I I think Caleb's going to be a consistent part of the rotation here for the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean the fact that uh, like Gabe Vincent has not been an important part of this rotation, and Yurt Savin has not been like a really important guy either. I think like good like that. Those were guys that I think in the preseason we were like they're gonna need cut they're gonna need these guys to play a little bit. Wasn't but.
1: that my bold prediction? That was a see that's a bold prediction.
0: <laughs> that's a bold prediction. Yeah, when I saw Yurt in garbage time last night, I was like, oh yeah, Yurt.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were saw, really excited I mean- about him. <laughs> he gets some rebounds. I, I think there was like one game early in the season when he came in the blowout, you know, final minutes of a blowout. He had like eight rebounds in like five minutes or something like that. Like he just gobbles up the rebounds. Um, but yeah, he hasn't really, all those guys have played like four or five games, but only because the heat of blowout. six blowout wins. Um, yeah, it's it's just, I, I thought, you know, we both thought this team was going to be very good. Um, but the start they're on, uh, I could not have predicted it. I, I just did not see them winning six, you know, winning six of the first seven and, and each of the six wins being by double digits and, you know, Tyler being this good and Jimmy just being, you know, flourishing in this role and Bam kind of now becoming one of the best rebounders in the NBA. He's averaging like 14, 15 rebounds a game. The Heat like, now all of a sudden, become, all of a
0: sudden yeah.
1: Yeah, the heat becoming the best rebounding team in the NBA. Like, it's not like they they signed this elite rebounder in the summer. They've, no, just, they've gone like,
0: from for the defense there's just like marginal upgrades everywhere right yeah like you upgrade uh trevor ariza to pj tucker you upgrade uh andre guadalla to Markeef Moore. like there's just marginal upgrades everywhere. kyle lowry
1: is a Premier defender oh well, yeah
0: kyle lowry's like the you know obviously he's turned out to be a big upgrade on duncan rob i don't know goran dragic but um for the most part, marginal upgrades have really paid off for this team. And,
1: and I, I really think that we can't talk about the rebounding enough because even not not just second chance points, but they have the top defensive rebounding yeah. percentage in the NBA. I, you know how how much better would their defense have been last season if they would have cut off, cut down like six, yeah, seven sure. second chance points a game, and that's what they're doing this year. I mean, they probably go from I think they were like a twelfth, maybe eleventh, in 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 defensive rating last season. They probably go to like to the close to fifth. So. Yeah. That's made a huge difference at the fact they have top defense, you know, the top defensive rebounding yep. percentage in the league where they end possessions and there's very few second chance opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the first real test we're going to see for this team is whenever Tyler Hero inevitably hits a shooting slump. I think that is maybe when some of the depth maybe questions get exposed and obviously yeah. we'll have to see how the offense, you know, can manufacture an extra 10 points a game or whatever if he's, you know, he's... That number drops for a week to 12 points a game instead of 23 or whatever it's at. But uh, for now, everything's uh, humming, um, and we can talk about jerseys. That's how smooth it is. no controversy around this team. Uh, So uh, stay tuned, and we'll have uh, Anthony's interview talking about the Miami mashup jerseys.
1: All right. We now welcome Jennifer Alvarez to the Heat Check podcast. Jennifer is the Vice President of Creative and Digital Marketing of the Miami Heat. Jennifer, how are you?
2: I'm great, Anthony. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Um, obviously, the reason we have you on is you know the the Miami Mashup uniforms were released on Monday of this week. Um, this is kind of the latest creative and innovative uniform um, designed by the Heat. You know, after the popular four-year vice campaign um you know there's a lot of buzz around them um a lot of opinions but i think a lot of positivity as well so i I guess jennifer what what is you know if you could just take me you know behind the scenes of kind of the the design process of these i I know i guess nike gave you guys gave the every team kind of the theme for these this year's um um uniforms of, of kind of just pulling from the you know team's history um when you when you got that kind of direction like what what where did you guys go from there and, and kind of how did these come to be?
2: So this is the first, you're correct. And that this is the first city edition that has a theme across the entire NBA. And, you know, this goes back years ago, three years ago, at least um, going to Nike, being part of their team presentations in which they told us their plans for the 75th anniversary and why this season was going to be different. And that's when they. Rolled out to teams the concept of mixtape, and we had a great conversation with Nike about what what are the team opportunities as it relates to that theme. And so when we came back to Miami, um, you know we our brains were already were already going a million miles a minute uh, because we we do all of our designing in house with the uniforms, and so we we work on concepts. Um, around a theme, and then we'll usually send it back to Nike. And, and with this particular theme, in order to kind of follow the mixtape story, we, we were able to like look back at our past, both in historical moments that were obviously really big for the franchise, but then also maybe tell a uniform story, which, which combining those two presented a, a really unique opportunity for us. And our designers went to work I, I probably saw 40 to 50 different iterations of what a mixtape uniform could be. And just none of them kind of popped off the page the way the Vice uniform originally did. And so, you know, we we told them like we're not, we're not there yet. And so they went back to the drawing board and and the phrase that, the phrase that our CMO, you know, used with the group was like, nothing here scares me. You know, because we're, we're so used to living in this really bold space for the brand. And we just thought that we, we had another opportunity with Mixtape to do the same. So the designers went back and, and they really kind of pushed themselves creatively. And then what ultimately came back to us that we selected was what you know now as the Miami Mashup uniform. And, and it was something so special because the first time I saw the uniform, and the first time I saw actually the logo lockup of the of the Masha Flame sitting on top of the new Miami Heat wordmark, I, I was actually breathless because I thought, "Man, this is just so beautiful." And it's and it's so different, and it's so it carries the same uh, vibrancy as Vice, and it is just as exciting for our brand. So we knew right there that that was the direction we were going in, and it was just about finalizing the details of the concept from from that step forward
1: and you you kind of touched on it but like i was looking at all the different uniforms for every team that came out at the same time on monday and and most of them are just kind of like throwback uniforms like was that ever even like a thought (laughs) was that even ever a possibility for you guys you guys kind of knew you wanted to do something different something kind of creative and innovative um and 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 just just putting out a regular throwback just wasn't going to be enough
2: No way. I mean, (laughs) we all, we all collectively for years, we were losing sleep of of what's going to follow vice. And, And honestly, you feel that from the, from the first ever vice launch, you know, the moment it launches you celebrate for about two minutes and you're really excited that everyone else is excited about it. But then after that follows a whole bunch of sleepless nights wondering how you're ever going to, to follow that up you know, and, and, in, and in other cases, exceed expectations. And so we knew that, you know, there is no safe route for us with City Edition. Our fans expect us to kind of continue to, to push the brand in ways that maybe other NBA teams aren't as comfortable doing. Um, and we're, of course, so uniquely positioned to do so, representing Miami and, and its, you know, different cultures. And really just beautiful vibrant city and activities and nightlife and just vibe and so we're we're uniquely positioned to be able to consistently deliver something that really pushes our brand um in ways we couldn't have even imagined
1: yeah for sure and and i probably the coolest thing or what i love the the mashup logo of like the ball and flames i think it looks really really nice kind of looks like a piece of art to me like it's, it's mm-hmm. fun, but I think one of the coolest feature of this uniform, probably, probably the coolest uniform uh, feature of this uniform are the numbers, uh, right? Uh, where you can kind of have a customization option of of making your own heat mashup, you know, Miami mashup jersey. Um, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about that and kind of, I guess, the, how they can go about doing that, right? I know you guys are offering an arena and a Miami heat stores, but it's a really cool option that really has never been, you um, There before for fans,
2: right? So, obviously, you know we're really proud of the uniform design in itself. Um, But the game-changing element of this uniform concept is the customization opportunities with the number styles. And um, you know we can we can rewind time two years ago when I mean this this uniform has been in the works for over two years. This is that's typically the timeline in which we're working. Um, on our uniforms and two years ago when we agreed that this was the route we were going to go down with offering customization both from like allowing players to choose their own number styles that will require a a, an equipment manager to be on top of um, all these different kinds of number styles and Nike needing to provide that it was a first and it was logistically really really challenging for the league but We ultimately convinced them that like this, this would be a game changer and to be able to have a player, be able to choose his own number style and, and decide like maybe he loved the vice campaign. And so that's why he chose that one numeral, or maybe he remembers uh, the back in black uniform as it from, from being a kid and always loved that. So being able to have the players be able to represent their own personal style in the uniform, and then, of course, extending that onto fans to say, now you can do it, you know, like, of course you can make your own with your own last name on it and choose your own number style, but you also have the option to make a BAM out of bio jersey with a completely different number style than what BAM chose. And that's, what's really unique about it is that, you know, you could, we could have an arena full of people and there could be, you know, a ton of BAM jerseys in the crowd and, and no two of them need to be alike. It's, it's like the roster is today, you know, with, with a full roster, we're going to see it um, at the game. No two players have the same number sets. And so it's that variety and the ability to personalize and, and choose which moments in Heat history or which uniforms meant the most to you, to reflect uh, yourself or your favorite players is, is like truly, truly something that's just like so game changing and really exciting from a brand perspective.
1: Yeah, that's that's like the first thing that really caught my attention. Obviously, the uniform is 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 really nice and and, and different, but just yeah, I've never heard of that like that option before, so that was a really cool idea. Um, what what's you know, you spent like you said two years helping to to design. Uh, this uniform. What what's your favorite part of it? Is it the numbers? Is it the logo? Like what 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 do you point to as like your favorite part of it all?
2: Um, what happened on Monday? <laughs> so <laughs> it's this. It, you know, our city edition launches are the biggest thing we do all season long. I mean, we have a really large marketing department, and we are firing on all cylinders. And and because of Vice, thankfully. We really have a blueprint on on how to execute this type of launch, uh, which, of course, is it's essentially like a total brand transformation from a brand perspective and from a fan perspective. in that our digital channels flip over like you are not going to see our core ball and flame. You're not going to see what our primary colors look like. Um, When we're in game mode or on those dates, you're not going to see players in jerseys and anything else. The broadcast is going to reflect it. Of course, the in-game experience, it's fully immersive. And so I love the moment of sharing it with the world because it is two years in the making. We all just can't wait to hit send that morning, whatever that morning is. In this case, it was Monday. We all just can't wait to finally do that because- We've been, we're, we, we really fall in love with the uniform over the course of the two years. And we fall in love telling the story and then designing the creative around it and deciding the experience we want to create for our fans that we're all just so anxious to get it out the door. Um, and so it's, it's a huge, huge, exciting moment for all of us. And it's also a very big collective exhale for the group because you know, we're, we're keeping something gigantic under wraps for quite some time.
1: Definitely. And kind of to that end, like with any innovative idea, it's going to be polarizing, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys dealt with that for every vice uniform you put out Um, and with fashion, it's just fashion subjective. Um, How do you guys deal with like, you know, criticism or whatever of the uniform? Like when you guys have spent so much time doing the falling in love with it, like do you guys, is it just part of kind of what you guys do? Like how, how do you deal with that personally?
2: Um, You know, we don't, we always kind of talk about at the heat, whenever we, we have these kinds of conversations about the uniform and, and we don't, we don't do focus groups because we, we don't really want that sort of noise to decide which direction our brand our brand goes visually and creatively. And when we settle on a design, it is across the board, a full body. Yes. From everyone on the team. And we we aren't ever committed to a uniform until we arrive at that consensus. And then we once we feel like this is the right move for our brand, because this is the story we need to tell, and this is the, the opportunity that's in front of us, and in this case, of course, it's the customization being just such a gigantic part of it, but then also being able to celebrate our past in a way that we haven't before um, visually, it's... Uh, it's the kind of thing where we just, I, I kind of forget what your question was. there. I got lost there, Anthony. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, no, you're good. You're good. I was just asking kind of how you deal with you know, Obviously there's a lot of positive
2: oh, yeah. campaigns, like
1: deal with, you know, the inevitable the kind of, yeah. The, the haters, the criticism of any, you know, with, with any uniform you're going to put out, but especially innovative ones, the ones that look very different than other uniforms that have been put out there, like there's going to be that that yeah. this is, like how do, how do you guys deal with it and I, I mean how, I, like you say, i guess it doesn't even you guys try to quiet that you know as you're kind of designing
2: so. Well, well so i would say w- when we launch a campaign when we start to see any sort of negative commentary we know that like this is new you know like what we're what we're introducing of course in our case of following vice people are kind of waiting to see what our move is and and when we roll it out and it's something that is entirely brand new, of course, there's going to be people who are like, no, this is not it. And then you'll have people who will say, This is so great. We're so excited. And then it's our job as marketers and as brand people to make sure that they understand the story we're trying to tell. And and I really, I really think that the more people see, you know, the kind of creative vision behind it, why it's so ambitious. With the custom number styles, like we're winning people over. You know, I read the comments, I sit on Twitter, I'm I'm in it. So I'm I'm definitely drinking from a fire that's, hose. That's not a good but, idea, Jennifer. I know that, but <laughs> okay. for like a good 48 hours, that's what I'm doing because good and bad, I, I want to know how people are talking about it. Uh, but but with this particular one, it was a really, really big shoe to fill with vice. And of course you have people who come out and say, nope, this is not gonna be the one that that I love that follows Vice. But I also am seeing a lot of people change their minds as they really start to understand all of the unique details of the uniform, telling the past uniform story, incorporating the yellow rope, finding all of these Easter eggs that represent our championship culture. Um, We're winning people over. And and again, we're, we're also collectively confident in the concept that, that we feel really good about it. Even if, even if we know it's not going to win over everyone, we're not really trying to win over everyone.
1: Yeah, yeah that's impossible. That's impossible. And, and um, you, you've talked about a lot, here in the last 15 minutes, but how much is Vice responsible for this uniform? Like, like you said, it's kind of pushed you guys to kind of keep, you know, pushing the, you know, cr- uh, pushing the boundaries a little bit with uniforms. And, and you guys did innovative stuff even before Vice, but it just feels like it's in a different level these days. Like how much is Vice responsible for, for the Miami Mashup uniform, you think?
2: So Vice completely changed our brand. Um, Vice Vice opened us up to, you know, people who really just love even the fashion side of the NBA and who would have never uh, initially purchased a a basketball jersey, but they're purchasing Vice jerseys because it just really captures a city, it captures a vibe and an energy. And for the mashup campaign, we knew we needed to keep that momentum going. And but you can't, we couldn't keep the momentum going by just creating a different version of vice because we also need that to go away for a bit. Um, it's 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 part of us forever. We are going to always make shirts and make things that are in the vice colorways. Uh, it is a permanent License plate in the state of Florida uh, that we're not, you know, we're not getting rid of anytime soon. So it's part of our brand DNA. And so now with Mashup, the challenge was how do we transition away from Vice but create something as equally as bold and fun? And and the reason why I think Mashup is the perfect follow up to Vice is because it does carry that same energy and it does carry that same boldness, but there's still a little bit of Vice in there. For the people who just aren't quite ready to let it go, um, and so being able to to keep it going while also still celebrating everything that Vice brought to us, uh, we're really really excited uh, about Miami Mashup and and being able to share it with the world.
1: And fans can can start purchasing the the gear November fifteenth, right? I mean, you guys are going to have a the midnight uh, madness event at the arena. The the I guess the morning of the 15th the night of the 14th, right? And then it'll be available in stores as well that Monday, the 15th.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So we'll have another midnight madness event uh, at the arena at FTX arena, which will be that, you know, November 14th, midnight, November 15th, o one a.m. time. Yeah. That's your, you know, that's your best chance to come and be able to get your hands on one right there in the moment. We'll be customizing on the spot. We have a new location at the arena, which is called the Heat Jersey Lab, which we built just for this, which is truly a Jersey customization station. Um, it's really innovative. It's gonna be an interactive experience for fans. And then of course you can, you can build and customize your uniform online using uh, this new technology that we're actually gonna be rolling out on Friday so that fans can go in there and start, you know, designing what they would want in a custom jersey and then you can save it so that when the 15th comes around all you need to do is hit add the cart and you're done but it's a really great fan experience for 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 you to go in and kind of play with different number styles decide which ones you ultimately love and you can create a bunch if you want to just experiment and decide which which route you want to go but we just want our fans to to have a lot of fun designing their own um, our players had a great time picking nerves. And so we just, it was really important that we could meet our fans, both within real life experience to customize, but the online experience as well.
1: Very cool. Very cool. So th- thanks for joining us, Jennifer. Um, th- you know, that I think this uniform is going to be very popular this holiday season. I, if I had to predict, um, so I'm sure, you know, the listeners will like, you know, hearing kind of the background of, of all this, all, of all the, of how all this came to be. Um, For more details and info on the Miami Mashup campaign, uh, you can visit heat.com forward slash mashup. Um, Thanks. Thanks again, Jennifer.
2: Thank you, Anthony.